0: Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 2. This is Term 4, Lessons 29 and 30. So we are now up to Lesson 29. We are at John chapter 2 and verse 19. And uh, I'm not going to do too much of a review because we just need to keep moving forward. And um, so I'm going to just pick up. Uh, le- let's just back up a little bit just with the Scriptures. Remember again, Jesus went into the Temple. And he cleared the temple out. Alright, and in, let's just pick up verse 16, let's say. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Alright, then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. Verse 18. So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show us since you do these things? And now we're up to verse 19. And Jesus answered and said to them destroy this temple and in 3 days I will raise it up. All right now they're going to twist what he said there later on about him him wanting to destroy the temple and you know do all those sort of things but Again, here, at this stage, they don't understand what he means. Let me just read this. Just as the Jews had defiled the temple in Jerusalem, so they would further defile this living temple of God and put him to death in a few short years. All right, now this was said by William MacDonald. And I thought that was really interesting. Not only had they defiled the temple, but in a very short period of time, they're going to defile the thing, the person that they were actually worshipping in the temple. And Jesus is going to talk about some of those things later on as well. In fact, it is because of this very saying that once they finally did kill him, and I've got these scriptures here, they did everything to make sure that there would be no resurrection. Because if there was, it would prove he was the Messiah and would make them all guilty of murder. All right? And that's why Matthew reports what they eventually did in Matthew chapter 27, verses 60 through six, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 4. And that is then the, uh, the next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said to him, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said after three days, I will rise again. So, give, see, they understood what he was saying. Alright? They didn't want to know. See, there's a difference. A lot of times people might say, Well, you know, even when you're witnessing to them, they might say, Well, I, you know, I don't understand what you're saying and I, I don't accept it. But I tell you something God gets on the case. And later that night, <laughs> okay, you don't know how God is working on them. And sometimes, you know, you get the brunt of it because they're fighting God so much that when they see you, you're the one they lash out at. So sometimes, you know, if, they, if, if you're getting a reaction from them, that's kind of actually a good thing in a very funny way. It means that you are getting to them. It's the person that has absolutely no reaction that's the problem. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because they just, nothing is, is, is getting anywhere. Okay, you're getting nowhere with them. Uh, you might say, well, I prefer the ones that don't do anything. I know, I know, me too, but you know. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying, if they're reacting... Something is going on. Again, he says, So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, His disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that He has been raised from the dead. And this last deception will be worse than the first. Interesting, isn't it? They are so worried about what might happen. Alright? And these are the disciples that, that all ran. Like they're going to risk their life after he's dead. Think about this for a minute. Verse 65, he says, Take a guard, Pilate answered, Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. Isn't it interesting, the more that the devil tries to do to stop what God is doing, the more of a miracle it becomes. Amen. So you know when (laughs) when God's doing something in your life, and the devil's just getting you know just getting worse and worse in his attacks. Do you know what? Understand something. You have a greater testimony. Hallelujah. Amen. It'll be such a testimony that they can't argue it was a miracle. Amen. All right. So they went again and made the tomb secure by putting a seal and a stone uh, on the stone and posting the guard. Matthew 28 1. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb, and there was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. I love that. His appearance was like lightning, his clothes were white as snow. The gods were so afraid of him that they, they shook. And became like dead men. Continuing down on to verse 11 through 15. Some of the gods went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and, adv- and devised a plan. Notice again. They are still scheming and planning against God. Isn't it incredible? Jesus said something very interesting. He said, some people like to stay in the dark. Um, totally paraphrasing but you understand what i'm saying okay they want to be left in the dark jesus says where we walk we walk in the day we walk in the light and you need to understand the metaphor that he's he's, is actually bringing across there he's saying what we do we are happy for everybody to know because we have nothing to hide these people are constantly living in the dark because they have so much to hide and there's so much guilt in everything that they do. They know they're doing the wrong thing. You know, God's there. These are meant to be God's people. Amen. It's not some Babylonian empire that's killing off a Messiah. This is his own people. He came to his own and his own received him not. Remember? John chapter 1. So, anyway, back with this. When the chief priests again met with the elders and, uh, and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money. Verse 13, telling them, you are to say, watch this, this is what they're telling them to say now. His disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. while wow, like they would sleep. There's so much in this that we will look at it when we get to it. Okay, I don't want to deal with it right now. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. All right. Now, returning to John 2.19, as to what Jesus actually said there, which was again, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. It is what is referred to as a mashal, okay, which is a paradoxical saying, a veiled and pointed remark, often in the form of a riddle. Like John's remark in John 1.15, when he said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Everybody go and say, what he say, what do you say? <laughs> you know? I know, right? This is like you know where the arrows are going on that one. <laughs> okay. So in order to interpret this riddle, we need to be aware of the fact that it contains several terms which lend themselves to a twofold interpretation. Alright? First the word destroy refers to both the tearing down of a building and the destruction of the human body. Did you get those two things? You see, that temple is going to be burnt down to the ground. It is going to be pulled down. Okay, that temple is actually 70 years from that day. Roman General Titus, I think, is going to come. They're going to get fed up with the Jews. He is going to come and he is just going to just tear it all down. And then... Somebody's going to, in his zeal, is going to set the thing on fire. And because of it, all the gold in the temple, they want to make sure that the Jews have nothing to work with because the, the temple was laced with gold. Okay, if you remember. And so they pulled it apart brick by brick. So that's going to happen as well. But this also means something else. So there's a dual reference, and they're both right. Are you all with me? So again, the first word, destroy, refers both to the tearing down of a building and the destruction of the human body. Second, the verse, this temple, refers to both the entire temple, including the court's and man's physical frame, viewed as a dwelling place of the Spirit. Did you get that? Alright, so when he says this temple, alright, he's actually talking, first of all, to the, about the entire temple, but also remember, we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Remember that? Okay. And so that is a place where the spirit dwells. So that temple as well. Alright. Finally the phrase, I will raise it up, refers to both reconstruction of buildings and resuscitation of individuals. Hendrickson points out that after all, there, that is the religious leaders' own literature was full of just such veiled sayings. And that's probably why Jesus used this turn of phrase, in order to get their attention and get them thinking. See, Jesus was so intelligent. And the things that he would say... So much of the time, you know, you know, he looks at them, he says, you're not paying attention, let me get your attention. So he'll throw something out there. In a manner in which they're used to hearing, and immediately their brain goes into solve it mode. Do you understand? Okay, It's, it's, it's like giving you know, a mathematician one of those puzzles that's all numbers. Straight away they'll go in to try to solve the thing. Okay, you've got their attention. They give them a painting, they might go to sleep. You are I'm trying to say? Okay. But that, that's the reason why Jesus does this. He knows where they're at. He knows how to get their attention. Why am I saying all this to you? Be led by the Spirit. When you're talking to people, and if, if you see that their eyes are rolling in the back of their head, try something else. The thing you're doing isn't working. <laughs> do you understand? You need to ask the Lord, what do I do next? Where do I go with this? Am I meant to be talking to them? Should there be somebody else? One of two things will happen. Either you will get an answer or you get a solution to where you can start talking to them and they, you get their attention or the Lord will bring somebody along that will get their attention, that we, they will listen to. Amen? One way or the other. Prayer works. Whatever it takes, he'll get it done. Okay. So, however, the Jews at this time, instead of pondering this paradox, simply assumed that Jesus was refer- referring to nothing more than the physical temple that had just been cleansed. And why? They demanded to know by what authority He had done this. So, it's more, more, most likely that they didn't get this. But remember again, that so much of the time, after an incident, when you're reflecting on things, a lot more things start to clear up. You start to remember things, and you think, oh... That's right. He said that. The disciples themselves are going to say they remembered. Remember when they said they remembered? Remember they're writing all of this after the fact. Not writing it as it's happening. Okay, so that's why it, when it says, and they remembered, they remembered. Amen. And I believe these people are going to remember as well. So Jesus will always throw the word out that It will not return void. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. Amen. So, what's even worse is that later on, knowing, knowing fully well what he meant, as we saw in Matthew chapter 27, uh, yeah, 27 and 28, they will twist its meaning and use it against Jesus to convict him of blasphemy. Claiming that he said that he would destroy the temple. And this particular incident is found now in Matthew chapter 26 verses 60 and 61, where it says that two false witnesses came forward. Notice, false witnesses. Witnesses, all right? And said this fellow said sorry about the accent. (laughs) Sounds very British, doesn't it? (laughs) This fellow, okay, never mind. And and he said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Alright? So again, they are just compounding their sin. That's why Jesus said, You are of your father, the devil. You know what he was saying? You're all going to hell. If you don't change, you're going to end up in hell. You religious leaders, religious leaders of the right religion, of the only thing that's true. You are going to end up in hell. Of all the people that shouldn't be there, and you know Satan is going to wait on them. See, this is the other thing. You know, we, we Satan doesn't have any best friends. Can I just say this? <clears throat> so many people think, oh, I'm working for the devil and I'm going to have a, oh, such a big position in hell when I get there. No, he won't share his place with anyone. He is the opposite of God. Get it through your head. There, there, are, there are things that um, people have written. I don't know if they're right or not. But those people, especially that were... See, this is where it's better not to know than to know a little bit and go off track. Because I tell you something, the devil will be waiting for the day that you die, and my goodness, if you end up in hell, we pity you. Because he is merciless. He doesn't forgive, and he doesn't forget. Do you understand what I'm saying? Which means, whatever he does to a person, he will continually do it, because he never forgets. Anyway, let's move on. Further to this, even in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 6 and verse 14, the religious leaders, in bringing false accusations against Stephen, are recorded as saying, we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. Where did they get that from? Well, you know, when they start lying, they just keep going, don't they? I mean, it just compounds and just gets bigger and bigger. What's interesting is that Jesus never said that he would destroy the temple. Notice again his exact words in John 2.19. And that is, destroy this temple. The implication being, you destroy this temple. Did you see that? Okay, he didn't say, I'm going to destroy the temple. He said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll raise it up. Because he knew what they were up to. Amen? All right. In his commentary, William Hendrickson paraphrases it to read, Even though you Jews, by your wickedness, are clearly breaking down the sanctuary of my body, and even though, as a result, you are also destroying your own temple of stone, and the entire system of religious practices connected with it, nevertheless, in three days, I will raise up that sanctuary, referring to His resurrection, okay, from the dead. And as a result, I will establish a new temple, the church, with its worship of the Father in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. Amen. And we have church every Sunday. Hallelujah. Okay. (laughs) Hendrickson continues. The type and anti-type cannot be separated. Israel's physical temple or tabernacle was the place in which God dwelt. Hence, it was a type of Christ's body, which also, and in in a far superior sense, was the dwelling place of God. If anybody or anyone destroys the second, that is Christ's body, he also pulls down the first, that is the temple of stone at Jerusalem. Did you get all of that? See, this is what they didn't understand. If you desecrate, so to speak, the part of the Godhead, in this case, God Himself, then what's there going to be left? It's an empty building of stone. Do you know the protection that is around God's house is God? It's not all the alarms. It's not the guard dogs. Okay, it's not the security guard it's none of those things it's actually God himself you take God out of something and it's left bare and people don't realize that it means that the devil can come and destroy it now do you hear what I'm saying and these people didn't get that and this is what William Hendrickson is pointing out they're about to destroy the object of worship therefore the place of worship didn't need to stand any longer If the object is gone, then there's no more need for the place. Are you getting this? Amen. Okay. Added to this, in his commentary, Leon Morris offers a most profound revelation. When he writes, in the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus regularly pointed to His resurrection as the only sign that would be given to the religious leaders. Do you remember that? He just kept doing that. Upset them. They're always looking for a sign. But you know, you know, can I just say this, every time he did something, they complained. Isn't it interesting? So they didn't want the sign of a person being healed on the Sabbath day, or any of those things. They wanted some sign that would please them. And you know what, can I say this? There's no pleasing some people. So don't even bother. Amen? The more mature you are, the more God expects you to look into the Scriptures to find your answers. Not the things out here, a tree falling over here, or a cat jumped to the left over there, and you know, my fleece was dry the next morning. You know, all the dumb things that these people are looking for, that's not God will look at you and go, really? You know, some little heathen that came in doesn't know anything I'll do that for. But you asked me for that. Anyway, getting back to this. All right. There is irony in the fact that ultimately the Jews themselves were to be the means of bringing about the sign they asked Jesus to produce. And which they did not and would not recognize when it came. Remember again, okay? The resurrection. There is further irony in that to put Jesus to death was to offer the one sacrifice that can truly expatiate or atone and pay the price for sin was the one thing that needed to be done. And thus doomed the temple as a place that would no longer be needed for the offering of sacrifices. Because he was the final sacrifice. Interesting, isn't it? So in what they did, they themselves put an end to their religion. I thought that was pretty profound. Okay. Returning to John chapter 2, following Jesus' statement, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. It goes on to say in the same verse 20. Then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. I can see just Jesus going, oh, dumb much. And will you raise it up in three days? In short, the attitude expressed here is, it took us 40 years to build this temple. And we're still working on it to finish it. And you have the nerve to say that you, of, on, all on your own, can rebuild it in just three days. That's what's coming across. Okay, just so you get it. Okay. So, <laughs> once again, these Jewish leaders, angry and irritated at what Jesus had done in cleansing the temple, missed the whole point. A lot of times when you're mad, this is what happens. You just miss God constantly. One of the things I've learned to do is don't get angry. Do you get angry? Yep, to my shame. But you know what? I always know, whenever I calm down, I realize whatever I did in that time, I shouldn't have done. Do you understand? So I'm learning now, if I'm mad and I want to do something, just don't do it. Best not to get mad, then the other temptation doesn't come, to do all the wrong things. You hear me? Okay, you know what? The world isn't going to end. Whatever made you mad, you know what? Just let it slide. Sorry, what? You get (laughs) Okay, you know what? You're not learning any lessons here. Somebody take him out and pray for him. (laughs) Somebody in the class said, don't get mad, get even. (laughs) (laughs) I have a little Daffy Duck t-shirt that actually says that I don't get mad, I get even. He's got a little tail blown off, you know. (laughs) And he's got a gun in his hand. Anyway, back to this. All they saw was the physical temple built by Herod the great in the 18th uh, year of his reign, around 1920 BC, partially to satisfy his lust for building, and partly in an attempt to stand well with his Jewish subjects. Okay, it was, And it was actually completed in 63 AD, with Hendrickson saying that it is interesting to note that this grand structure was not finished until just a few years before it was destroyed by the Romans. Isn't that sad? Okay, They finished it in 63. 70, it was pulled back down. Destroyed. No matter how amazing a building may look, don't get caught up in them. Alright. Now, since the Jews, I'll go for five more minutes, and we'll take a break. Since the Jews had totally misunderstood what Jesus had said, and perhaps deliberately, as we saw earlier in Matthew's Gospel, the Apostle John goes on to clarify what Jesus meant. By saying in verse 21, But he was speaking of the temple of his body. So it made it clear for all the people reading, that's what it was on about. Amen? Alright. In his commentary, D.A. Carson writes, In this temple, the ultimate sacrifice would take place. Within three days of death and burial, Jesus Christ, the true temple, would rise from the dead. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In fact, Carson goes on to add that the temple itself pointed forward to a better and final meeting point between God and human beings. Jesus cleansed the temple. Under his typological reading of the Old Testament, he also replaced it, fulfilling its purposes as the perfect meeting place between God and man. Did you get all of that? So now, Jesus Christ is our way to God. No more temples made by hand. Amen? Hallelujah. Alright, the Apostle John then goes on to conclude by saying in verse 22, Therefore when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them. And they believed the scripture, that's the Old Testament predictions concerning the resurrection of the Messiah and the word which Jesus had said. Amen. So, in other words, according to this verse, even the disciples didn't understand what Jesus meant until they saw it fulfilled as, at his resurrection. And the Holy Spirit reminded them of it, just as Jesus had promised he would. And that's found in John chapter 14 and verse 26, where he said, The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So, in summary, William Hendrickson says that by means of this temple cleansing, Jesus first attacked the secularizing spirit of the Jews. One should not tamper with holy things; second exposed graft or corruption and greed, third assailed or attacked the anti missionary spirit that 's the court of the Gentiles had been built as an invitation for them to worship the God of Israel, okay with Jesus saying in mark eleven seventeen my house shall be." a." shall be called the house of prayer for all nations but Annas and his sons were using it for their own selfish purposes and fourth fulfilled messianic prophecy I'll look at all of this after the break let's take a break and we'll come back